this Easter morning, we gather to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Uh, For those of you who joined us a couple nights ago on Good Friday, we gathered together and we ended our, our service narratively in the life of Jesus with the disciples huddled in the uh, upper room uh, after Jesus has been crucified and taken down from the cross and as he's dead. We ended the question, we ended the service with the question, have you ever believed that the darkness is winning? Have you ever believed and thought to yourself, it seems like evil is winning? Good Friday, part of entering into that night is entering into the tension of the disciples that evening all the way up through the resurrection of Jesus. Does evil ultimately win? Or will you believe that God is good when the ugliness of the world seems to overwhelm your entire existence? Will you trust that when darkness seems to be winning and it's all you can see, will you trust that God will ultimately win? That is the power of the resurrection. But the power of the resurrection and its reality and how we experience it is something that I think a lot of people misunderstand. And so this morning, on Easter morning, and we're so excited to be with you as you gather in your homes, this Easter morning, I want to talk to you about what the experience of the resurrection is like and and what its realities, what its properties will be like in your life. The text I want to take you to this morning is found in Philippians chapter 3. It's a passage where Paul prays, and in his prayer, he describes what it's like to experience the resurrection, what it's like to experience the resurrection. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11, the Apostle Paul says this, I want to know Christ, to know the power of his resurrection, to participate in his sufferings, to become like him in his death, and to somehow attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul, in this, these little two verses, in this little prayer, where he proclaims his desire to know Christ, and probably a desire that many of you have, he recognizes that there's four aspects of knowing Christ, and um, we like two of the aspects, and we don't like the other two quite as much. You notice in his prayer, he prays. He prays and asks to know Christ, but he prays that he might know him in, his, in the power of his resurrection, that he might attain to the resurrection of the dead. And that sounds great, that we might resurrect and have new life from death, that we might have the power of, that Jesus had in his resurrection. But notice what else he says. He says, to attain to the resurrection of the dead, it also means participating in the sufferings of Christ and becoming like him in his death. You see, as we gather this Easter morning, we gather to celebrate the resurrection, but did you know that there are two resurrections? There's the resurrection that happened 2,000 years ago, When Jesus rose from the dead, conquering forever evil and death. But did you know that there is another resurrection where that full reality will be instituted? And did you know that Jesus, before his death and resurrection, told his disciples, I am going to die. And after I die, you will proclaim my resurrection to the world and you will suffer while you do it. You will suffer while you do it. Life is between the resurrections. 
the resurrection of Jesus and that future resurrection that will come one day that we ultimately hope for. You see, this morning we celebrate that first resurrection because it makes the second resurrection uh, absolute and forthcoming. Yes, it makes it certain. But we long for that resurrection. And how do we long for it? How do we experience the resurrection right now? We seek, we seek the power of his resurrection so that we might fellowship or participate in his sufferings, so that we might become like him in his death, and so that we might attain to the resurrection of the dead. This morning, I want to talk to you about the realities of the resurrection and kind of un, uh, unfold a little bit about what this looks like in our lives. And I want to do this in a lot of ways so that you know what it looks like. So that you are not caught off guard when there are things in your life uh, that are difficult. So that you're not caught off guard when there's things in your life that you don't understand. So that you're not caught off in guard when there's things in your life uh, that were unexpected. So that you're not caught off guard when you have doubts, when you fear. <laughs> so that you're not caught off guard. Because part of living between the resurrections is living a life of faithful doubt, of faithful fear, of faithful misunderstandings, of faithful uh, unexpected events, being faithful in the unexpected, of being faithful through the difficulty. And so here's what it looks like. Here's what it looks like to live a resurrected life between the resurrections. First, the reality, the, the reality of the resurrection means a life of difficulty. Now, nobody likes difficulty. Nobody wants difficulty. Nobody chooses difficulty. And yet, we have difficulty, right? I don't know your, every individual, and I don't know your experiences. I know we're all facing one really big difficulty right now. That's kind of a bummer, this coronavirus and this social distancing and quarantining in our houses. You know, for the first couple of days, I thought it was kind of nice to be by myself for a little bit. I don't think it's as nice anymore, you know. But I don't know all the difficulties you're facing, but I know that difficulty is a part of living the resurrection, not a difficulty without purpose. To follow Jesus doesn't mean we just go through difficulty for no reason, right? To follow Jesus means we go through difficulty because it is the only way to love and to have the light and love of God shown to this world that is broken and troubled is to enter into brokenness and trouble so that you might shine light. And life between the resurrections is a life of an ambassador, as a messenger of Jesus. And that means entering into difficulty and being a part of difficulty. When we see Jesus took on flesh and lived amongst us, what we mean is he entered into difficulty. He entered into our existence. And he did it as we pray so often in our benedictions. We pray to Jesus who entered into our reality so that we might enter into his. Not difficulty without purpose, but difficulty with purpose. And it has always been a part of life. It's been a part of life before the resurrection. It's been a part of life after the resurrection of Jesus. And it will be until that final day when Jesus comes again and restores and renews and remakes all things. Difficulty. 
There was a famous uh, evangelist. He was a tent revivalist in the early 20th century. His name was uh, Billy Sunday. He was an uh, ex-American baseball player. And he would, uh, kind of like a circus, he would go from town to town and he would set up a tent, just like Barnum and Bailey. And he would set up chairs and he'd put all this sawdust on because sawdust is really cheap. And, you know, the, ro- the, the place where he'd set up the tent, he would try to avoid it from being too muddy when people would walk on it. And so he would set up these massive tents with all these benches and all this sawdust. And he would start to preach to people and he would preach about sin and he would preach about Jesus and he would preach about hell. And he would tell them to come forward, give their life to Jesus so that they might escape hell, you know. Billy Sunday was quoted famously and repeatedly as saying something that goes like this. The ideal Christian life would be to come down the sawdust trail, give your life to Jesus, leave the tent, and get hit by a Mack truck and go into heaven right away. Instant eternity, right? That is such a perverse statement. Although I guess if you think that entering into the life of Jesus is only about what is to come and not about what is right now, I guess it makes some kind of sick, perverted sense. But do you see how what Billy Sunday said there is not in, in, in alignment with the words of Paul? What does it mean to enter into the resurrected life of Jesus? It means entering into the difficulty of this world so that you might bring light and love to this world. I understand what Billy Sunday was kind of trying to say. That if you give your life to Jesus and instantly die, there's no difficulty. There's no doubts to struggle with. There's no addictions to overcome. There's no kids that are crazy to to love on and to take care of. There's no spouse to put her needs above your own. There's no enemies to love and overcome. Through love, instant eternity, no difficulty. And yet, Part of the resurrected life is difficulty, not difficulty without purpose, but difficulty to bring light in life in the same manner that Jesus brought life in life by becoming one of us. And it should not surprise, it shouldn't surprise us if we are called the body of Christ as the church that we would follow in his steps. Difficulty. I want to suggest to you this morning that there is an incredible blessing in struggling through the darkness of this world to bring light and life to it. There's an incredible blessing there. Have you ever watched a movie? Every so often, I love Lord of the Rings. If you listen to me at all, you know I love Lord of the Rings. And I have certain moments that I really love. I love the moment in Return of the King when King Theoden shows up with all the riders of Rohan and he appears on the hillside. And sometimes... Sometimes I will just fast forward to that scene and watch it by itself. But I've noticed it never has the impact for me as when I watch the whole movie, right? If I just skip to the part where everything is awesome and all the glory of his speech and the glory of the battle that they win, it never makes the impact as if I see all the struggle to bring light in life. I don't wish for difficulty for myself or for anyone, but to follow in the footsteps of Jesus is, is, is not just something that we will do if we're unlucky. It is something that we are to pray for. I pray that I might know the power of his resurrection, the fellowship is of his suffering, become like him in his death. And so that I sow, that I might somehow attain to the resurrection of the dead.
Yeah. But to follow Jesus in the resurrection, in the resurrection reality, doesn't just mean difficulty. It also means unexpected and misunderstood events. Unexpected and misunderstood events. There are times in our life when we go through things that we do not understand and we did not expect. And I imagine that most of us are going through an event like that right now, right? Events that we didn't understand and we didn't expect. Sometimes we even know some of those things are coming and yet we're still shocked when they come. Jesus' disciples were told on three different occasions, very famously in the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 8, 31, Mark 9, 31, and Mark 10, 34, Jesus sits his disciples down and says these words to him. I will be handed over to evil men that are the religious leaders of our day. I will be killed, crucified, and then I will rise from the dead. And then on Good Friday, the night when he's killed, the disciples are in shocked in awe that he has been killed. He's told them plainly, and yet they did not expect it to look like this. It was unexpected and they didn't understand it, even though Jesus told them on three separate occasions. We have so much in our life that we are told is going to happen. Um, Maybe not the details of it, right? But I think sometimes in the Christian life, we are told that we are going to go through difficulty because that's what this whole thing means of following Jesus, right? Uh, Take up your cross and follow me, not take up your pom-poms, yes? And yet, when the difficulties come, sometimes we're just like completely shocked by it. Completely shocked by it. There's going to be all kinds of events in our lives that we don't understand and we did not expect. We didn't understand and we didn't expect. And I've known people when those events happen that that raise their fist in the air and say, God, how could you, right? Through my through my study of scripture and through my preaching, I've tried to help people see as much as I can that God is not the author of the evil things we go through. He's not the author of the evil things. This world is broken and so we bring light and life to it. And when those things happen, I'm not saying I understand them. Um, I do not. Uh, A couple, I don't know, it was a couple years ago, I was taking my middle son, Harrison, to soccer practice and he started to ask me all kinds of theological questions about God. And he was asking me these questions, and he was like eight, I think, you know, and I'm, he's asking me these questions. I'm like, I don't know, Harrison. I don't know, Harrison. I don't know, Harrison. I don't know, Harrison. You know, I'm a pastor. I have eight years of theological education. I've been doing this now for 12 years. I don't know, Harrison. I don't know, Harrison. I don't know, Harrison. Do you understand? I don't know. There are questions that I get asked all the time. I don't completely know the answer to. It's not because I haven't read the Bible enough, although I'm sure I could read it more and I will. It's because we all have curiosities and questions that just don't get answered in the text. And even if they were, when we went through the pain of them, it would be hard to process them. I don't know. He asked me questions like, you know, Dad, will there be ice cream in heaven? Dad, will I get to play soccer in heaven? Dad, will I get to watch my favorite shows? I don't know. I don't know. You know, will there be animals in heaven? I always say no to that one, <laughs> but I, I, I know there will be, I guess. Anyway, you know, those are the eight year old questions and we have some of the same questions, but how many times have I heard people ask me, you know, I've got this person I really love and they just passed away. Will they be in heaven? <laughs> 
I don't, I don't, I just don't know all those answers. I know I serve a loving and good God who I don't always understand what he's doing. But in the, in the times when I don't understand, I have the choice to believe that he is not a good, loving God who is long-suffering and compassionate and will do exactly what is right, or I have a choice to believe that he is not. And I believe that he is a loving and good God that when I understand why he is done and allowed certain things, that I will fully trust in what he is doing and how he is doing it. I think the disciples misunderstood this event, and it was unexpected because it was painful. And last, as it pertains to like the reality of how we experience the resurrection life, the resurrection life stirs up emotions in our lives, emotions of fear and emotions of joy. In Matthew chapter 28, there's a passage after Jesus has risen from the dead, the tomb has been made wide open, and Mary has come to the tomb to uh, embalm the body and to prepare it for, for lasting burial uh, with these spices. And she comes to the tomb, and she sees the stone has been rolled away, and an angel speaks, and the Roman soldiers are there, and... When the angel starts to speak, the Roman soldiers are terrified and they fall to the ground and they, they, they are unconscious. They faint in their fear. And Mary, in the same way, falls to her feet and afraid. But she doesn't faint in paralyzation and fear. She is afraid because she doesn't understand. And she listens to the words of the angel. And he says, Mary, do not be afraid. You know, do not be afraid. For the one who you seek is not dead, but he is risen. And go and tell the disciples that he will shortly meet with them. And so Mary gets up to leave, and the text tells us that she was a full of fear and full of joy. Full of fear and full of joy. Because there is a fear that leaves us paralyzed, and there is a fear that leads us to joy and action. And it's all about how you see Jesus, how you, how, what you believe about what God is doing. If you believe that God is out to get you, you'll be paralyzed in fear. If you believe that God is out to love you, to save you, to rescue and redeem you, it will lead to joy. But there's still a fear there, a fear of what you don't understand, a fear of what you didn't expect, a fear of the difficult and yet, whenever those fears pop up, what is always the words of the angel, the words of Jesus, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. There is, when we come into contact with the resurrected Christ, and if you didn't know it, this moment right now is a moment, an opportunity for you to come into contact with him. When we come into contact with the resurrected Christ, we have a choice to make. Will we become paralyzed in fear or will we experience him through belief and worship? The choice to experience the resurrected Christ through belief and worship is a choice to pray a certain prayer, a prayer to know Jesus a prayer to know him 
in all of the power of his resurrection and to participate a prayer to participate in his sufferings a prayer to become like him in his death and a prayer of longing hope that you will somehow as a result of your participation in his suffering and becoming like his death attain to the resurrection of the dead and so this Easter morning, as you sit at home and as you get ready to eat hot crops, buns, ham, lamb, whatever it is you eat on Easter morning, I invite you before you do all that to experience the resurrected Jesus through worship and belief. And doing so does not mean you'll understand. It doesn't mean the unexpected won't come. It doesn't mean you won't have difficulties. It doesn't even mean that you won't experience fear but your fear will not paralyze you, but lead you to a joyful belief in worship. This morning, as we close our service in prayer, uh, or I, I close out the sermon, as we have these last few weeks, I want to read that passage of scripture to you one more time from Philippians chapter three, and then give you a 30 second time of pause for you to pray it yourself. A prayer to ask that God might strengthen you so that you experience the power of his resurrection, so that you have a desire to share in his sufferings that are not purposeless, but bring life and light, so that you might become like him in his death, so that you might attain to the resurrection of the dead. Hear it one more time, and then pray with me. I want to know Christ to know the power of his resurrection, to participate in his sufferings, to become like him in his death, and so somehow attain to the resurrection from the dead. Would you pray that Christ would give you this kind of heart? Amen.